Holy, holy, holy Lord Jesus. Woo! I love that. The verses of the, of the song, I don't know if you heard them clearly, but the verses that Cassandra was singing while she was dancing away. You know, the verses were all those stories from the Bible of healing. They were stories where Jesus uh, got involved, and in that involvement, a person was healed. And so right in the middle of the song, you go from someone needing to be healed, and then you hear that celebration, holy, holy, holy. Matches what we had in the scripture today, those verses with Isaiah, with him seeing the angels, holy, holy, holy. Moving right away from that place of healing into praising God for what is going on in our life. Even when we're not sure it's good, praising God for what's going on in our life. Because God is with us each and every step of the way. You know, Isaiah, he had some problems if you read that scripture. He's in the temple every day. He's doing his work. He's a good guy. He's trying to do what God wants him to do. But Isaiah just has this image, you know, I'm a person of unclean lips. Did you hear that? Not only was he a person of unclean lips, he says, and I'm surrounded by a people of unclean lips. Mm. Think Isaiah might have some problems? I don't think I'd want to go to that church. You know, pastors up there saying, oh man, 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 we're just not worthy, not worthy, not worthy. But you've heard some of that what I call worm theology. We are no bigger than worms. You ever suffered that in your life where you thought you might not be worthy and the people around you were actually preaching stuff like that? You know? They were straight out of Wayne's World. Do you remember Wayne's World back when? Well, let's watch Wayne's World because it's going to remind you. Remind you of what it was like. Okay. Well, we got to get going. No, no, no. Stick around. Hang out with us. Cool. Yeah, we'll stay and hang around with you, with Alice Cooper. We're not worthy! We're not worthy! We're not worthy! So there's Isaiah in the church, in the temple, running around saying unclean lips, we're not worthy, we're not worthy. Yeah, save us from churches like that, oh God. Save us from them. As God has a different view of who we are, God sees us in a different way. God wants for us transformation where we don't live in that place anymore. And we know that God has made us good. You know, y'all sang to me for my birthday. You know, I'm 54 years old as of yesterday. 54. <laughs> some, some people were trying to be kind to me and giving me all these younger ages. Oh, you're this young and all this stuff. And I'm going... I wear every one of those 54 years. <laughs> every one of them, I'm proud of them. And I'll tell you what, there's a journey in those 54 years of um, I'm not worthy to, oh God, what God sees. And I'm still on that journey with you here. I'll still be on that journey. Not until I breathe no more. I'll be on that journey every day. Because God sees us in a different way. So for my birthday, a friend posted on Facebook this little song. There's no visual to it, but I want you to listen to the words because it made me smile. Listen to these words. God danced the day you were born. The angel did the bump to Gabriel's horn. Whoa, God danced the day you were born. So grateful for the gift of you. 
Don't you know that some folks say that uh, long ago God could not dance to her, uh, save her soul. But baby, I've seen God shake her jelly roll. So grateful for the gift of you. Break it on down now. I saw God do the funky chicken, step in and kick it in blue suede shoes. I saw God do the boogaloo, oh, grateful for the gift of you. I feel like that little gopher in Caddyshack. You know? But this is the song God sings to you. Celebrating when you're born. Celebrating when you're born anew. Anew, anew, again, again, and again. Because God keeps taking us on that journey from we're not worthy into God dances. Every time you are born anew, God dances right there with you, sings into you a new song of what it's like to be loved and cherished in this world. That's God seeing you, not this you, we are not worthy stuff, but dancing each time you grow just a little step. God's dancing. So Isaiah's in that place where he's supposed to be, and he has this wonderful vision vision of angels singing holy, 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 and in the midst of all of this, things are shaken. Our first song said we will not be shaken, but when there's an earthquake, it's kind of hard maybe. Because Amos says, if you go over to Amos, that there was an earthquake at this time during King Uzziah while Isaiah was worshiping in the temple there. And so whether you want to believe it was an earthquake or not, you know, I think sometimes mysteries just aren't meant to be explained they're just meant to be experienced. We're supposed to let them wash right over us without trying to explain what they are. So if someone comes to me and tells me, I had a vision of angels, I'm going to say, well, what did that mean to you? And did it change your life? Did it change your life? So Isaiah was in that place where he was supposed to be. He had this vision. And in the vision, a coal comes from the fire, a hot coal, and comes and burns his lips. And in that place, Isaiah had to let go of unclean lips. Because God's telling him, it's not so. Go and speak to my people. And Isaiah says, here I am. Here I am. And this is a particular place in time when the people are about to get carried off into exile. If you read the sidebar in the bulletin today, this is when the northern kingdom gets conquered and gets taken away. This is when they put new people in the land from around the world and they take the best of the Israelites away. And what becomes in that land is what later we call the Samaritans, the northern kingdom of Samaria. So Isaiah is being called into a specific time and place. And he is being told his lips are clean and to get started. And Isaiah does. And he helps the people know we are getting taken in exile and God's going to be with us right there. And God's already planning for what we will be in the future. Trust that. We will not be shaken because God will be with us. So Isaiah's calling in that hard time and in that hard place. And he had to get a different image of himself in order to answer. 
Well, a time in my life when that was the case was when I was in seminary, taking these classes that I didn't need to take, and I was lying to myself. I was going to be a pastoral psychotherapist, okay? Help people with counseling and chaplaincy uh, because I didn't think I was worthy. Worthy enough to be ordained. At least that's what that denomination told me. You know? Didn't think I was worthy for that to happen. And so in that process of going to seminary and finally working with people in the church, the church got together and said, you know what? We know you're called and we want to ordain you. And so we, they planned an ordination service. They said, our church won't do it. We'll find somebody who will. So they went shopping. <laughs> and I was ordained by a very liberal group called the Orthodox Catholic Church. They have women bishops, and they hand out condoms in the Philippines because it's important. So a liberal progressive group of people of faith. And they came to that old church for the ordination service. And so where I had been saying we're not worthy, I had to get ready to have a different image of who I was, of who I could be uh, for the people in that time and place and how God saw me. So you know how churches are when they get in a tizzy? You're not laughing big enough on that. <laughs> I know you have seen some churches in a tizzy before. Sometimes it's Holy Week and Easter Sunday. Something's going on, and they just run around meeting themselves, coming and going, churches in a tizzy. Well, that's what it was like for my ordination. People wanted to make it nice. And so they were running around trying to make things just perfect. And since this was a tradition they weren't really familiar with, uh, they were wanting to do all the high church stuff just the right way. You know, so they were learning along the way. And so they knew we were going to have this sensor thing that they came up the aisle with. You know, and that was a new thing. So they were going to have this sensor that they were coming up the aisle. And so they got Dan Calloway, who at one point in his life had been a Roman Catholic altar boy. They said, he must know what he's doing. Roman Catholic altar boy. They use those things in the Catholic Church. And so they got Dan set up, and he was excited as he could be. And so he got that little sensor metal piece thing. It's about this big, metal top and bottom, opens and closes. And inside it, you put coals and you put incense on it. Okay, so that's what they're for, a sensor, you know, to incense this, this thing. If you have allergies, they're horrible, but it's, this is what it's for. Okay, and so, so as Dan's doing that, he wants to be thorough. He wants to do a good job. And as he's doing that, he decides that about three charcoal briquettes can fit in that thing. You know they have the right kind of coal and there's the wrong kind of coal. And so he put charcoal briquettes like for your barbecue. <laughs> and then he wanted to be sure they would really light well, so he soaked them in lighter fluid. <laughs> Dan, Dan was a Texan Roman Catholic, you know. <laughs> barbecue, barbecue boy. So as he gets this going, he gets them soaked when it's time, time to start the service. He lights the match to it, and they go, woof. <laughs> and then he hands it to someone wearing this long white robe with the sleeves, coming down the aisle. She's going down the aisle like this, you know. Tallulah Bankhead, you know that famous quote, watch out, your purse is on fire. Well, so there they go. There they go, in a tizzy, making sure it's perfect. They've worked hard to make sure it's perfect. And so, so far, nothing's burning down. We get all the way to the front of the church. 
and the service seems to go okay. And then there's a point in time when I was called forward and asked to lay down on the ground, my face down in the shape of a cross, as they've said blessings for me. And at that time, they bring that censer back out. And they do the blessing like this, and the blessing like, flames are still going around that thing. <laughs> and she's, the bishop, Marilyn, she walks around the altar, blessing the altar with it, and comes back, and then she hands it to Dan, who goes and puts it in the little closet on the side where we kept all that stuff, you know? And so, <laughs> my go, uh, so I'm down, face down, can't move, and I hear gasps in the congregation. So I turned my head just so I can look like that. The doors open that much and there's flames coming out. <laughs> just flames coming out of the door. Just shooting everywhere. You know, this is an old building. People are saying, don't burn it down. Please don't burn it down. You know, and so Dan comes out and Trixie, known as Jim, is sitting there on the side. He brought a banner in. And Dan comes out and says, help! His stage whisper was about that loud. Help! So Trixie gets up, runs in, finds some sand, throws it on the counter where Dan had so thoughtfully doused everything with lighter fluid and it was still on the counter and the flames erupted when he put that hot thing right back in it. Some things go boom. <laughs> well, here they are fixing it and Trixie tells me later, he said once he had thrown that sand on it, it was like these little white floaty things all in the air. He said it felt wonderful and beautiful to him. Comes back out, we finished the service, I got ordained and it counted. Um, but then after the service, we went back in to say, what happened? What's going on? Why? Why is everything okay? No burnt cabinets, no burnt banners. Uh, everything was fine. What happened in this moment of time? And then we noticed something missing. On the backboard under the cabinets was this thing that had always been there that said, do not remove. Do not remove. A fellow named Bob that we affectionately called our worship commander had put it there. Get that, worship commander? And it had been there a long time. The pages were turning yellow on it. Do not remove. So that lighter fluid and that sensor at that moment in time took away the do it this way or else sheet. I think it's a miracle. The Holy Spirit had a manifestation right over there in the closet while I'm down here on the ground. Right while I'm on the ground. Took away the do it this way or else. Everybody's worthy. God dances at every step everyone takes towards God. Every new conversion, being born again, born anew, born again, born anew, your whole life long, that journey to live into that song of God dancing each time you make those steps in your life. Each time. Well, you know, it may not have sounded like much of a miracle, but I do believe it was. question then is, does it matter how it happened? Did it change my life? And the answer is it did. So what's happening in your life that's changing your life these days? Where is God meeting you in the plain and the ordinary and the brilliant and the wild and fabulous? Where is God meeting you right there for you to have that next step in conversion towards God? Another sample of this was Martin Luther. You know the guy that put the 95 theses on the wall? That fellow? He had something to say to the church in a hard time. 
well, 95 theses. He got there because he had an experience of conversion. He'd been walking around the church a lot too, been a pastor for a long time. And finally one day, he got it in a deeper way. He was reading the book of Romans, and all of a sudden, this man who tried to earn everything got washed over by what grace was. Tried to earn everything, got washed over by what grace was. Had a new conversion. It's interesting. We can be in the pews a long time and keep converting. There's hope. Every week and every day and every Sunday for us to keep taking the next step along the way. And Martin Luther had that experience. Reading something he'd read over and over and over again Well, suddenly in his heart he knew what grace was. And God saying. He has a wonderful quote I want to share with you. He was talking about conversion, how we have multiple conversion, how it goes throughout our whole life in that born again and again and again kind of way. And he said, the first conversion is of your heart. The first conversion, Martin Luther said, is of your heart. Tom, you listening? <laughs> He's our resident Lutheran. First conversion is of your heart. Second conversion is of your mind. Has to make sense of what your heart's already told you. You know, second conversion is of your mind. Then he said the third conversion. When you really got the conversion of the heart, then when you really got the conversion of your mind, and he called it this. He said, then you have the conversion of the purse. Think about that. It's your heart, it's your head, then the conversion of the purse. All of a sudden, those things live with you in such a way that everything you have, all your resources are transformed, and they're for God's good work. Everything that you do. Conversion of the purse. We have a purse up here today. I don't know if you noticed it. Van English was carrying it around with him at drag, drag bingo last week. I don't know if you saw it. There's still some money in it. We need to count that. But, but um, I, I, conversion of the purse. I love it that he was wearing this. It has Jesus on it. It says, looking good for Jesus. But right here in little letters, I know it's meant to be sassy, but it's truth. Be worthy. Be worthy. Know that you are worthy. Know that you will continue to be more and more worthy as you go on this journey towards God. And that one day you'll hit that conversion, that deeper level where that generosity and that grace flows over you in such a way that nothing you can do is but respond in thankfulness, respond in joy, and respond with everything that you have, heart, mind, and purse. Sam Houston, you know, who we're named after, he had a different way of saying it. He finally, after being a wild man most of his life and killing lots of people and doing those good things that generals do, he became a Christian and was baptized. You know the story about Sam Houston? When he was baptized, they said, well, you better put your wallet over here. It's going to get wet. And Sam Houston says, no, that needs baptism most of all. My wallet needs baptism most of all. The third conversion is that of generosity. Well, I'll tell you what, we are all called, not just the pastors, not just Martin Luther, not just me, not just Isaiah. We are all called. God's working on each and every single one of us. The answer is, do we, do we say, here I am? Do we show up when God calls us in those ways to take that next step in our journey, that next step in life? And I know some of you are saying, oh, he said purse, he's going to talk about money again. Well, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
It is that faithful, faithful discipline where God's working in our hearts so that we remove all blocks so God can use us fully. It's that generosity place. You know, there's a reason Martin Luther said it's the third conversion. It takes a while to get there. Well, our church has asked us to consider how we will be generous. And next week, we've been asked to bring our commitment cards. If you don't have one, our ushers will get you one. They're in the pews, I believe, and they're at the doorways. But the board has asked specifically for a 1% or a 2% increase over your current giving of your income. Not of your gift, but of your income. So you look at all the gifts you have, and you calculate the percentage based on those gifts of your income for the year, one or two percent. And you know, Walter and I have been praying about that. And as we prayed about that, we said, okay, we'll do it. And then our Volkswagen needed to be repaired. We got that done. And then we said, okay, we'll do it. And then the Honda needing needed repair. Got stranded on Beltway 8. And some thousands of dollars later, we looked at each other and we said, gosh, can we do it? How is God working in our life? We gave our 10% earlier because we know the church needs that 10% and they needed it early because we're at a cash crunch right now. And so we gave our 10%. Can we do this 2%? And we said we can. So in our commitment card and in our check, and we're going to pay it all at once because of that cash crunch. We're going to pay it next week when those commitment cards come in. So we'll be up to 12% at this point in time. And I'll tell you what, each step of the way it's been a conversion. Can I trust God that much? Can I trust God that much? Can I really, really trust God that much? That that generosity is what God calls me into and calls me to do. So we're going to do that next week. And i tell you what, for this little boy whose mama taught him at six years old, don't ask for what you need. If I see it, I'll provide it. You know, don't ask for what you need. If I see it, I'll provide it. What I did for you today was just a minor miracle because I'm telling you what we need. <laughs> we need you. We need you to take that next step in your journey of generosity as God calls you to. Tell you what, it sets you up. If a parent ever tells you, don't ask for what you need, ask Walter about it. You know, he's supposed to imagine everything I need and do it without me asking. <laughs> you know? Well, church, we don't want to put you in that place. We don't want you to have to imagine what we need. So what we need from you is that prayer, that discernment, that joy of going into God in a new way and coming back next Sunday with that commitment card. If you're not going to be here, mail it in. Uh, see what that can be for you. If you've never even thought about making a commitment card or pledging by percentage, which the Bible says 10% is the norm, pick a percent and start. God's going to dance. Say, I'm going to try 5%. God's going to dance. You give him 5% already and you say, okay, I'll try this 7% thing. God's going to dance. Play that for me one more time. Uh, that God danced the day Hear it? you were born. The angels Ready to be reborn? Again? Whoa, and again? And again? And again? 
dance the day you were born. So we're grateful for the gift of you. All right. Can you do the gopher? Say that long ago God could not well, you know, save her soul. But God is calling us into this new space together. I know I've been called to be with you. So you, each and every one of you are called to be here. Of you. We hear about Break new life every week. Up. People say, I saw God do the funk. We are worthy. And God's dancing. Amen. Amen.